0: Y'all. We're going to get into the second edition of the Hot Takes Pod with my boy Ethan over here. And we're going to talk
1: about a little football today, maybe a little college, a little NFL. All right, y'all, we're going to start this second segment off by talking about the recent drama with head coach Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M and head coach Nick Saban of Alabama. It basically started off by uh, Nick Saban calling out Jimbo Fisher and Dion for buying their number one recruiting class with this recent NIL Um, then Jimbo Fisher fired back and said Nick Saban had been buying his recruiting classes for years. And then I believe that Jimbo said he wasn't going to be friends with Nick Saban anymore. It's honestly been one of the most drama filled weeks that we've had in college football in a long time. What's your opinion, Caleb?
0: Yeah, I think it's all pretty silly. Honestly, I think most of these coaches, although they've seen as these recruiting gods at this point, I think most of them have been playing, are paying these players for a very long time. And now the NIL deals are really bringing most of these to light. Um, I think Saban was a little silly for calling out these other players, especially since Jimbo was a part of his uh, coaching staff a long time ago. i uh, just bringing out a lot of these problems that are going on with these, these uh, college organizations.
1: Honestly, my opinion, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of these NIL deals. I mean, being a college athlete and then – you know, if you're not an athlete in college, you really don't see how much behind-the-scenes work and what it requires of you. I mean, you still got a full class load. You got to manage your school. And you got to perform for your school. I mean, it's honestly a full-time job at that point. I'm all for these players getting paid, getting a little money, helping them get through school. And, I mean, they're bringing in billions and billions of dollars for these schools every single year. I mean, let them get a little cheddar from it at least. What do you think, Caleb? Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, these players are doing everything for these organizations. They're risking their help just to to play for these schools. they're not getting any compensation off of it, but with these NIL deals, some are making a lot of money, which is very good, and they can support their families without having to get the draft right away. All right, continuing with the college football wave, we're now going to talk about our favorites for the um, college football playoffs next year. Uh, my four are Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Notre Dame, and then my fifth is kind of a maybe, but it's uh, USC and California. Uh, Alabama and Georgia, I think those are pretty much stock. Those are two teams that really reload every year, bring in the same amount of talent, are always going to be good. And I, I think that they're going to be there again. And then Ohio State, I think we see a lot of the same players from their last year crew. they got got uh, C.J. Stroud still throwing the ball around. And so I think they'll do well. And then Notre Dame, I, it's kind of a sleeper for Notre Dame, but they have a new coach, Brian Kelly, left. I think they're all pretty mad about that. And I really think that could light a fire under their asses for the next year and also last year they were only a few losses away from being in the playoffs anyways and then for USC I, I really do think everything lines up for them to make a run of the playoffs this year I mean Lincoln Riley the new head coach bringing all these top five
1: recruits I really think they could be solid what you think Ethan I really like those opinions honestly I mean I agree Georgia Alabama are definitely locks every year you can always expect those guys to be up there Ohio State I think is a really good pick too I mean they kind of they're out there every year, but they can never seal the deal. But, I mean, I think with C.J. Stroud, I mean, he's my personal Heisman pick. I think he's really going to take charge and lead them there. Hopefully he can get it done. And I also like Notre Dame and USC. I, th- I think both those teams are very interchangeable. I agree Notre Dame is going to be very fired up after the loss of Brian Kelly. But maybe this new wave will bring in uh, just a new fire and a new passion. Maybe they'll just make it. And then also I think USC has a great spot with uh, – Bringing in Lincoln Riley and he's just such a great and just he's such a great recruiter. I mean, year after year we see him bringing in top players wherever he goes. My personal top four is going to be Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and USC. Is who I think is going to be in it next year. What you think about that, Caleb?
0: I Honestly, I like all those picks, but Michigan, I, I just I never know about them. They always seem to win a few big games during the year, but they lose that one that's going to keep them out of the playoffs. So. I do think they're a solid school, but I forever think they'll be a mid-top-tier team always.
1: So, continuing with our college football segment of the day, we're going to go into our draft analysis. I mean, when you talk about the 2022 draft. You cannot talk about that with recognizing the Georgia Bulldogs. Five defensive players drafted in the first round and the most players drafted in a single draft the previous record was 14, but Georgia had 15 players drafted, which is honestly just a crazy number. I mean, that's more than half of your starting uh, offensive and defensive lineups.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I think this year was most de- the year of the defensive draft. I think we saw a bunch of defensively talented players, a bunch of athletes that can absolutely get after it on the defensive side of the ball. And so we're going to start with our defense of the rookie of the year predictions and I think this is kind of stock, but my defensive rookie year um, prediction for right now is Aiden Hutchinson. I think he was really the most complete pass rusher we saw come out of the draft. And everybody knows he's going to be good at the next level just because of his level of play at Michigan. And then um, some of my dark horses this year are Sauce Gardner from the Jets. I think he's got a good coach in uh, Robert Sala. And he's paired with another rookie, Jermaine Johnson, that they picked up later in the draft. And then so a few more of my dark horses are Kyle Hamilton and George Karloff. Now, Kyle Hamilton, he's an all-around beast that can get around the field. We saw this at Notre Dame as he absolutely showed his talent. And then George Karloftis, this is my big sleeper of the, um, this draft. I think George Karloftis is a solid pass rusher, and he's also going to be playing by Chris Jones his first year, so I think he'll be able to rack up some stats. What do you think, Ethan?
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. My defensive rookie of the year is a uh, tie between Aiden, Hunch- Aiden Hutchinson and Derek Stingley Jr. I mean, we know that Aiden Hutchinson has already solidified himself as a great pass rusher, I think, in the next couple years. He can be on that level with TJ Watt, prime JJ Watt. I mean, he just seems like one of those guys. I mean, we know that Michigan pass rushers have a strong and long tradition of being basically that guy whenever they get to the league. And, I mean, Derek Stingley Jr., he's coming from DBU. I mean, you know, those LSU defensive backs always show out when they get to the league. I really have high hopes for this kid. My dark horse is Jordan Davis, and the only reason he's my dark horse is because generally defensive tackles do not get the love that they deserve. They mostly, mostly give that defensive rookie of the year to defensive ends or players who are racking up those big numbers. But I think Jordan Davis, with his size and speed, I mean, I believe he ran like a four eight forty at the combine. I think he can really come in and be that guy. Uh, my dark horses, as well, is uh, like Caleb was saying. I think George Kalloff just could have a really good season. I mean, excited to see how he develops in the NFL and also. Uh, Excited to see how Sauce Gardner plays. I think that kid's really great. He has a lot of fire behind him. Super electric player. In my opinion, I think the Offensive Rookie of the Year, this could be a hot take, is going to be Sam Howell. I mean, he kind of fell in the draft. I mean, this wasn't really a QB-heavy draft. Not tons of quote-unquote star players, but I really like Sam Howell. I like how he plays. I think he'll make a really big impact, but my dark horse is a uh, Chris Olave. I think he has a really good grit and grind to him. He's really, really fast, and I think he can make a really big impact. What's your opinion, Caleb? I
0: am going to be honest. The Sam Howell take is is quite hot. Be, I don't, I don't really know how to react to that one. If I'm being honest, I think he's a solid quarterback, but I, I don't think he's near the top quarterback in the draft. Yeah, definitely has to go to uh, pick it, but. Now, for my Offensive Rookie of the Year, I had Drake London in Atlanta. Uh, I think he'll pair really well with Pitts. And uh, since the whole Ridley situation is going on, I think he could definitely be a wide receiver one for them, uh, catching the ball from Marietta. Some of my dark horses for Offensive Rookie of the Year, are Christian Watson, he's now in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and with the loss of uh, Devontae. I think he could be really great for them. I mean, Watson's also 6'4 and runs a 4 three forty, so that doesn't exactly hurt him. And then another dark horse for me is Traylon Burks in Tennessee. He's another physical receiver, and I really think he could be a do-it-all guy for them playing that kind of Debo role.
1: Who's your uh, steal of the draft this year, Caleb?
0: Uh, My steal of the draft had to be Jermaine Johnson. I feel like this is a little stock, but getting that man at 26 when he's projected as far as top five in the draft, he's just an absolute dog. He's he's an athlete, I think. Um, Some of the concern came from just his character and how he acts in the locker room, but I think as many as the draft went on, um, coaches stopped caring about that. So,
1: but he's also a really a good athlete, and I think with some coaching, he could excel as a pass rusher. What about you, Ethan? My steal of the draft this year has to be Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, I mean, six foot four, two hundred and twenty safety. I mean, I think this dude could have been a top five, top ten pick. I think the only reason that he fell in the draft was because of his forty time. But I mean, 6'4", 220, four, two twenty. You're looking at middle linebacker to a. Uh, outside linebacker size at that point. I think this dude's a hard hitter. He's fast. He can quick. He can turn on the ball. I'm really excited to see what this kid does, and I think he can make a huge, huge impact in the uh, backfield. Yeah, most definitely. I think
0: he he didn't exactly excite many coaches at the NFL Combine, but I feel like his play on the field, we saw it at Notre Dame. The kid makes plays. He has instincts. He, he does all the, all the good things well, or all the right things well, and I think this will prove it to be good for him at the next level. Now yeah. we're going to get into our winners and losers of the draft. And so for my first winner of the draft, I have to go to the Lions. They picked up Aiden Hutchinson at number two, and I believe it was 10 or 11. They traded back up to get Jamison Williams, an absolute beast of a deep threat for Alabama this past year. Kid runs the 4-3. He does everything right. He's a good route runner. He'll get past defenses. And I think he'll prove very good
1: for the Lions next year. What about you, Ethan? I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I think the Lions got a really good player with Aiden Hutchinson. They couldn't have picked a more play, more perfect player for them in this draft. I mean, kid grew up in Michigan. He went to high school and played college in Michigan. He has a fire behind him. He's just perfect for the Lions, I think. But my number one winner is going to have to be the Jets. I mean, they got Wilson, Sauce Gardner, and Jermaine Johnson. I mean, Jermaine Johnson and uh, Sauce Gardner could obviously be two top five picks in this draft. Like Caleb said, Jermaine Johnson fell a little bit, but I mean – I think this is exactly what the Jets needed. I mean, keep bringing in good young players, good young talent. Maybe, maybe build a team on this in a couple of years. Who knows? We might see them make a playoff run. But I'm excited for this draft class to see how these new young players excel. Yeah, most
0: definitely. I love to see that Robert Hall is going out and picking up all these defensive young players that are absolute athletes so he can turn into great players in the league after a few years. Uh, now we're going to get in a few of our losers from the draft. Uh, my first one would have to be the Patriots. I think the Patriots picked okay, but I felt like they could have gone somewhere different instead of the Cole strange pick out of Chattanooga. I feel like he will help out the line, but I'm not sure that he can play all the positions that they
1: need for them. Yeah, 100%. The Patriots are my loser, too. Um, I think they should have really went with the offensive tackle, honestly, give Matt Jones some more outside uh, protection from that pressure. I mean, we saw tons and tons of good pass rushers in this draft with uh, Aiden Hutchinson, George Karloftis, but, I mean, I really think they should have got an offensive tackle. Just coming from that perspective of myself playing offensive line, you really got to protect that edge. You really got to make sure your QB is confident knowing that he has time to throw the ball. I think the Patriots definitely lost this draft with that pick. All right, All right now we're going to get into our Super Bowl contenders. And now to the
0: NFC. I'm thinking it might be the Bucks or the Rams maybe. I feel like the Bucks, as long as they have Tom Brady at the helm, I, I really do not see anything but success for this team. They're bringing back all the same players, and I, I think especially on some of these expiring contracts, I think this is the year for them to do it, especially with Tom Brady getting older. Um, maybe after this year we see a rebuild, but I think as long as Tom Brady's there, they're going for gold. And then with the Rams, uh, still a talented team. I don't know that they're going to be able to bring all these players back, and we've seen their losses in the draft since they had to trade all those players away. But we did see a lot of success from them last year winning the Super Bowl. And then out of the AFC, I said the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. I think a lot of that has to do with quarterback play. Of course, with the Bills having Josh Allen, he's an absolute monster. Probably going to be in the MVP race this year. At Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, it, he's been him for a while now. And then uh, the Bengals with Joe Shaisky. I see him coming back on a strong year three, you know, going for that MVP after after a strong season, but just came up short. Um, Ethan, what do you think?
1: I 100% agree. I think the AFC is a super quarterback-dominant conference right now. My pick for the AFC is going to be the Bills and the Bengals. I mean, Josh Allen really is that guy. He's honestly going to be my pick for MVP this year. I think he honestly – might should have got it last year if I'm being honest. And then I also think out of the AFC it could be the Bengals. I mean – Joe Shiesty, EC2 Shiesty. I mean, honestly, a dynamic duo. But I really think Joe Burr is going to be that guy. And I think he might even have a better legacy one day than Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. And I know that could be a hot take, but I think he really is going to leave a dominant legacy on the NFL. And then in the NFC, i got to give it to the Bucs and the Cardinals. The Bucs, I mean, Tom Brady's coming back. I mean, no matter what team Tom Brady's on, send him to the Jets right now. I mean, I'm going to say they're a Super Bowl contender. I think Tom Brady is easily the greatest quarterback of all time. And you can quote me on that. Uh, but, yeah, the bucks they're just bringing back all these great players, have a great wide receiver core. And, I mean, Tom Brady's just going to lead them to victory, like always, I think. But my also other take for the NFC is going to be the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals have a hard route this year, honestly. I mean, every year because they're in the same division as the Rams. I think the Cardinals and Rams could be interchangeable. But me being a Cardinals fan, i got to give it to them. Uh, Kyler Murray, I think he's a really good electric player. I think they just need to build around him more, maybe strengthen up that line a little bit. But, I mean, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hoffman's going to make an impact every single year. What's your opinion for the uh, MVP and Offensive Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year, Caleb?
0: Yeah, so my MVP this year is going to have to go to Josh Allen, even with Sam. The dude's a beast, and he's been growing each year, as we've seen in the league. And I think this year he just takes another step. Uh, For my Offensive um, Player of the Year, um. I don't know. I might have to go with Patrick Mahomes. I feel like both Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes could be interchangeable this year. But Patrick Mahomes had a little bit of a slow year last year, you know, throwing a few, uh, few too many interceptions. But I feel like he brings it back this year. Um, then for my defensive player of the year, I'm going to have to go with the two-time guy, TJ Watt. I feel like he's a beast. He's going to keep coming off the edge. I don't know that he'll have as many sacks as he had last year. I think teams will start paying attention to him a little bit more, but I still feel like he's going to be able to produce. How about you
1: Yeah, like I was saying, my MVP candidate for this year is going to be Josh Allen. He just keeps growing every year, keeps excelling at what he does, just keep building around that guy, and he's definitely going to lead them to a few championships. Offensive Player of the Year, I have two guys that could win it. I think it's going to either be Cooper Cup, the Triple Crown wide receiver champion, just a grit and grind, lunch pail type of guy, and then it also could be Joe Shiesty. If Joe Shiesty doesn't win the MVP this year, I think he could really be that Offensive Player of the Year. He's a great young quarterback, like I was saying, and I think he's just continue to be dominant for a really long time. Defensive player of the year for me has got to be uh, either T.J. Watt or Micah Parsons. I think T.J. Watt is obviously one of the greatest pass rushers in the NFL, if not all time. And I'm really excited to see how Micah Parsons plays. I'm excited to uh, excited to see him watch and just blow up these offenses and just uh, tear these offenses apart piece by piece. I think he's really going to make a great impact this year. All right, guys, our last statement of the day, like usual, is going to be our hot takes my hot take for the day, sitting around football still, I think that Matt Jones is a sleeper for MVP. Hear me out, hear me out. I mean, this dude was an absolute menace last year. I mean, basically a young Tom Brady. I mean, he is just a great young player. Uh, they didn't do too well in the draft. I think if they would have had a better draft, he would have definitely been up there in the rankings and a little bit more of a respected pick for MVP. But I don't know. This kid might still be able to pull it out of the bag. What do you think about that, Caleb?
0: Yeah, that's a hot take. I'm going to be honest. I don't really know how to feel about that one, Hey, man. hot takes only, baby. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. That one is quite hot. But, no, I think I think once Mac Jones gets the number one weapon around him, I really do think he could be in that race. But for right now, a second-year player still building in this uh, Bill Belichick offense, I think I think he still needs a few more years to develop before Ethan's take comes true. But, hey, it's just the hot takes pod. Uh, my hot take for today is that uh trevor lawrence will have bounced back year after a tough first year i mean of course any quarterback playing in jacksonville is going to have a tough time and the kid that's <laughs> a fat. i'm about to say the kid just did not have a great season i think he had 12 touchdowns and 17 uh interceptions but he ended the season pretty well he um in week 18 he beat the colts 26 to 11 ending their playoff hopes and uh he threw for two touchdowns and 223 yards so I really do think the kid has potential. They just need to get some weapons around him, build him an offensive line, and I do think we'll have success in this league.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to be honest. It's a little bit more of a realistic take than mine. But, I mean, that's what you come here for, baby, hot takes. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence didn't have two great numbers last year. I mean, 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, not numbers we expected to say out of him. But, I mean, we know this guy's good. We know he has a great frame, absolute physical specimen. But, I mean, I think over the years he'll develop, maybe put him on a – Different team when this free agency comes around, but I don't know. I'm excited to see this kid develop. All right, guys, that's all
0: we got for today on the Hot Takes Podcast. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Pod, and YouTube at Hot Takes Only. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at
1: The HCO Pod. That is The HTO Pod. Yeah, guys, I appreciate y'all listening and tuning in today. Be on the lookout for our Twitter. We're going to be putting out a link where y'all can send us voice messages. Anything you want to talk about, your takes, your opinions, anything you want us to cover, we'll be listening. We'll cover it in the next pod. Appreciate y'all listening. EC2 Shiesty and Trace out.